Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Podcasting from the top of the rocks. This is News on the Rocks with Patty Steele. Um, well, thanks for this tequila, Patty. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brad Blanks, I mm. know that you're not really much of a drinker, which is weird. <laughs> oh, no. you're, it's I, weird because you're uh, six foot twelve or I'm something. I'm a beer drinker. And you are Australian. <laughs> yes. You would think you'd drink anything that has any yes. alcohol content. Yeah. Well, but I did get abused by you last year. Yeah, what a big baby you are. Because it's just um, beer. It's just beer. I can control myself. Right. But right now, at this stage of my life, I'm struggling with beer. I... I love beer. I love pretty much anything I can drink um, that has alcohol in it. So, um, not that long ago, uh, we had Dr. Oz on. And Dr. Oz said, you know, the very healthiest thing you can drink is tequila. And I know that, like, turns you inside out because it's pretty much the hardest thing you can drink. Yeah, it's the hardest thing, yeah. But I also learned recently that a really big um, sort of evolution in the world of drinking among, um, you know, folks who are allowed to drink, but younger, is that they do tequila sort of spritzers yeah. or... What uh, tequila you? slammers. Slammers. Yeah. And so what do you know is a sl- as a slammer? Yeah, and this is all new to me as well. I've heard the phrase for many years, but I never really... You mm-hmm. know, I, I, you know, I'm not tequila's right. on my wor- world. But oh, hey, um, there's a new show on uh, Apple. We'll be talking about Apple TV+. Plus. Right. Um, there's another one by M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. And it's called Servant. And uh, the show stars uh, Rupert Grint. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, there'll be some banging in a second. Yeah, um, <laughs> he and, can't he can't and, speak without smashing his hands. And Rupert Green, of course, we know him affectionately as Ron Weasley. Of he's course. a global icon, a, a, a redheaded celebrity. But his opening scene in this, right. he comes in and he him just smashing the glass mm-hmm. on the table. Um, it's an unbelievable scene, and it's shot with M Night Shyamalan, just the faces, and they're smashing it down. And it's a, and I met him the other day. I asked him, I said, "What the hell are you doing with that whiskey?" He goes, "Dude, it's not whiskey." Yeah. It's a killer. All the young kids are doing Get it. Get with it. Yes. Okay. All right. Here Cheers. we go. Cheers. We don't Cheers. have any glass. No. We have so plastic glass. I'm going to do one glass. bang and try yep. to... There you go. Here. Just... Here. We'll use the bottle. Beautiful. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's amazing. It's really good, right? When it fizzes up. Uh, we just put some Canada Dry uh, sparkling mandarin orange seltzer. And what it does is it it softens that intense bite of yeah. tequila. I can always <laughs> tell the story now that Patty Steele and uh, Ron Weasley from right. Harry Potter movies <laughs> taught me how to drink tequila slammers. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get you yeah. slammed here. Yeah, thank you, Patty. That's so amazing. I find you to be a really fascinating oh, person. Geez. You came oh, here you. to the yeah. United States. Considering I've done a lot of stupid things in front of you, Patty. And Well, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of why I love you. Right, thank you. You've wanted you wandered into the radio station I was working at at the time, WPLJ, and and found yourself a, a place in not only our hearts but in on the air with us by doing everything from covering all the Olympics, Kentucky Derbies, to wandering around in insane outfits oh. for miles on end yeah. as a sort of a publicity thing for the show. I mean, you've done it all. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you. That first ten years with you at PLJ was wild. It was. Um, what motivated? Yeah. You to do that? Where, I mean, uh, you can't. You came from a 
sort of a country town. Country, in country, small country town, four thousand people. I always wanted. I wanted to be a performer, or which is in why business. you have an accounting degree. That's right. <laughs> well, I didn't want to be. I, I didn't want to be. A, I, I mean, I, I was. A, I was a cocktail waiter for a while, but I realised how hard of work that was. But I thought I'd love to be working in an office as I try to pursue the dream. So you of could pay rent. Performance you could pay rent, and I could actually go out for dinners and drink. Right. I, I wouldn't recommend it fully to people because some people say you've got to go all in on your passion. Mm-hmm. I kind of shuffled around a bit, and then. Yeah, we, so what happened? What so, was the? There must have yeah. been like an aha moment the, when you went. This is not what I want to do yeah, for the rest well, of my I life. Was, I, I was a wannabe actor during university, even though I didn't act. I went mm-hmm. for one audition. Yes, I know you yeah. did. <laughs> and um, and that was uh, for Muriel's wedding. That was in 1993, and I got down to the final three. So and, then I, and I didn't get the part. So yeah, you so, got done with the. So uh, with I, the I did the accounting. I come to New York. I you do uh, the audi- the audition I, so, so was, was back in back Australia. In the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Right. But I, I had still had, oh, I'll make it in New York somehow. And I came here and I couldn't get a job in that first um, winter I did in end of 1996. But I, I loved film. I loved that. So I came here and watched film. And But I was trying to get jobs. I went up and down the world as a, accounting jobs. So I went up and down the World Trade Center. And then you could walk right into the receptionist. Sure, of course. And I was dropping resumes off on every floor. Merrill Lynch had their offices there. And I was trying to get jobs. And I, I wanted to try and meet Rupert at his office. So I went and sat in his lobby, in his personal lobby. <laughs> for, for every lunchtime and I got to read the Australian newspapers I was hoping Rupert would walk past but he never did and his receptionist who was this elderly lady who'd been looking after him for about 30 years she called me up and she said Brad I've really enjoyed your company um, but here's the please uh, go away please go away she said it <laughs> she said don't return Monday here's the uh, newspaper shop where you can buy these newspapers on Monday and I said yeah good, good work thanks so I came here <laughs> to try and get an accounting job right. in the hope that maybe I could launch my Broadway career and it never happened. I drank too much beer. I, I then ran out of my $10,000 was blown, got on a plane, flew to um, London where I started my proper banking and finance job. This is 97, 97, 98, 99. I'm making good money. I'm starting to go up the ranks, like right. I said. But the whole time, I'm doing script writing courses and I'm still trying to write. You're still by stage, I'm trying to, by the bug. I'm trying to write the great Australian sitcom. And then that gets me through. I go back to Australia at the end of 99 to be in Sydney for the Sydney Olympics. Right. I want to be. I said my goal is to live in Sydney, even though I'm from Melbourne. I'm from mm-hmm. the south, and I said, "All right, good." And this is where I'm going to start my sitcom writing career. And I try that at the beginning of 2000. So that's my aha. Like we're doing it now. I've got the yeah. money in the bank. I made the break. In. I'm going to dive in hard there. And um, but again, I party too hard. I drink. I'm living in Bondi. The, the aha moment is. It was always in me. It was just a matter of making the break and not being addicted to the money. And I knew... So, what brought you to New York... Yeah. At the time that right. you came into my life. Yes. So I'm obviously drinking, partying, trying to write a sitcom, but I prepaid for a wedding, a flights and accommodation yes. to come to New York City for a friend's <laughs> wedding in um, 2000. Right. And and I thought, well, look, I've got to have one last crack mm-hmm. at um, entertainment. I'm going to try something. I'm going to ring up maybe radio. And I always loved the radio call-in guy. I was a big fan of radio correspondents that would right. call into shows. And tell like, a story. Tell a story. Yeah. And then the show, people would tease them or take an anecdote they said and run with it. Shows would reach out and bring 
someone in. Well, that's and, kind of the beauty you know. of um, just sound is we have that ability to kind of just grab out and get a great story without having to worry about the logistics of TV and what that's, is it going to look like and yeah. is the person telegenic? Do they have the right makeup? You just need to be able to tell a great story and with your voice and your enthusiasm well, I think I had, yeah. and your experience, when you walked into us, it was well, like, holy shit, this guy is going to well, work. It was a, it was a funny one because I I guess like August 8th mm-hmm. I but I came of, over uh, like what year 2000, 2000 so right. my, my, my idea when I left Australia I, I recorded I had, everyone has one of these friends like a friend that's a Yoda yeah and um and who <laughs> who knows everything about everything right but they're not necessarily really know anything right, <laughs> right? but you don't know but anything. the more you drink the more yeah, you think yes. they know so I'd go but this guy he's he was an electrician on movie sets so he oh. could do oh, cool. you know, but he said to me Brad, I will help you make a radio demo tape. I will produce this for you. So um, he uh, lined up a little dodgy recorder. Uh-huh. Like, um, what, what were the, the DAT tapes? Yeah, yeah. Got to yeah those little like, t- yeah, They look yeah, like little that, miniature yeah. uh, cassette That's tapes. Right. He goes, yeah. we've got to use a DAT because that'll give you the best audio quality. Oh, sure. And he goes, and yell through the kitchen, all right, Brad, I'm in here in the kitchen. He can't see me like at a right. studio. <laughs> all right, Brad, I'm going to hit record now. You and, start- and I'm in the middle. And he goes, that'll give you the best sound. And sometimes I had an egg cart. I was waiting for him to put egg cartons up. Right. Don't worry. The, the room will give you plenty of uh, ability to... Ambient re- sound. Ambient sound. So I stood in there, and I, and I could hear his kids yelling in their bedroom. <laughs> but I record this demo tape that I, m- him and I meticulously wrote up. Right. And it was all me saying, G'day, I'm Brad. I'm here on Bondi Beach. I've got a kangaroo running past me now, a gala, flaming galah. <laughs> so I did this really crappy Aussie. What's the beer you guys yeah, all drink there? Fosters. Foster, you got a big giant yeah, Fosters. Fosters. I'm here. I'm going to be your Sydney Olympics correspondent. This is what I'm going to do for you. You brought that with you I to New York. I brought the tape. Yes. So, ah. so I get, yeah, you, you, you'll like where this ended up. So I get to um, New York City. I'm partying for the wedding. The wedding was great, my friend. And then I had my five days in New York, free time to attempt to get this uh, job, right? Get, yeah. get a job somewhere as a correspondent on it. I'll do anything. I'll do sports. I'll do news. Whatever you think I can How do. How did you get into <laughs> ABC Radio? Right. I rang 20 stations. The first, And I had an old list from the internet. So the only one I knew from that list was Howard Stern. So I ring Howard Stern's receptionist and I said, oh, hi, this is Brad. I want to be your radio correspondent for Howard Stern. And um, Click. And, and <laughs> click. So I guess I rang K-Rock, did I? Yeah, yeah, I did. yeah sure. So I rang the K-Rock, yeah. And, um, Where and, my husband yeah, was we, the program yeah, director. Yeah, See, you should have called him. Yeah, isn't life funny <laughs> that, I, that I'm sitting with Patty Still, the, the wife of the program director? That See, I you and I were meant to work meant together. To work. Isn't that, sorry, I didn't place that moment. That's a beautiful moment. Yeah, that's so, so funny. So the receptionist, yeah, hangs up. Yeah. And I went down the list and and I kept ringing radio stations. Were and, we at the bottom of the list oh, at PLJ? Oh, no, I did Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Very bottom of the list. Well, oh, God, I guess quite, I got to call that place. Well, it's quite funny because my sister was with me and she came in as I'm calling these people. And she goes to me, this is this is really fascinating, she goes, I was just in a shoe shop and she yeah. goes, I've just heard this station on the radio and it was Sheryl Crow, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. um, all the music I love. So I asked the lady. What station? And, and, and what station is this? And, and the lady doing my shoes goes, oh, that's WPLJ. And she, as she's come in to say it, I've looked down the list and went, oh, there it is, PLJ. Gonna, ring, and ring, had, ring. And had program director, Scott Shannon. Yeah. And the morning show, Scott and Todd in the morning. Right. And I went, 
All right, let's call them. And it was it was my last station to call. Yeah. And I called them up. Yep. And the receptionist was going to hang up on me. And I just said, look, I'm really sorry. I've come all the way from Australia. This is You're my last call I'm going to make on this thing. Can you please put me through to someone to do with the morning show? And she and she said, "All right." And she put me through to Bruce, to Bruce Goldberg, the yep. executive producer. Yep. I got his voicemail, and the voicemail message, the greeting was Steve Irwin. Yeah. Steve <laughs> Irwin was the oh, personalised greeting right. saying. G'day, you've reached the you've reached the office of Bruce Goldberg. Uh, please leave your message for Bruce, the number Bruce of the producer, the number one guy here at WPLJ. Wow, kismet. Yeah, and, and the beep goes, and and the whole time I'd been really trying to be polite Australian, not the stereotypical Australian, which I which I probably which am, you are, which I am. <laughs> and I went, um, I got the voice, but I said, "G'day, mate. How are you? Great to be here. I'm going to want to do Olympic reports for you all about the outback and this and." That. That and yeah, yeah. I really laid it on. Laid it. I hung up and I went to my sister. I said, well, I've tried. Five minutes later, the phone rang and Bruce said, can you come in tomorrow morning at 8 a.m.? Very gruff, very direct. I said, yep. And that night, the night before I spent, and it's the Kinko's over on 3rd Avenue. The copy and, place. Yeah, the copy place on 40th Street. I was staying right near there. I wrote the pitch up. It took me three hours to write one page pitch and it cost me like... Like fifty dollars on the Kinkos. Ow. Ca- you know, oh, because you were there so long. Yeah. But now I walk past that Kinkos every day because it's right next to the Shake Shack on Third Avenue. It's still there. It's still there. That Kinkos, and I like. Oh my God, I, wow. this is like a big part of my life. This Kinkos. Yeah, it's like the last copy place <laughs> the, left in America. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> so I did that, and then the next morning I walked in. And it was ninety-five degrees. That it was a heat wave. Wow. That it, that it hit and New we York were at ninety-five point five. Yes, that's right. And it was boiling hot, and yeah. I'm in my outfit, and I sweat. So I get into Bruce's. Office and I, he goes, All right, you got a pitch for me? You got I said, I have one page here for you, sir. So I pulled the pitch out and it was the, the paper was drenched. Yeah, <laughs> it was wet. And I'm like, That's Your really nice. $50 page yeah. is all melted. So he picked it up by the corner. Yeah. And he put it in the trash in front of me. He put the he put the piece of paper, Holy and crap. I went, "Oh, this is not going well." <laughs> right? Wow! Why did yeah. you do that? Because it was wet. Wet, and he just went. Yeah, you know, I think he was playing a role. And then I give him my demo tape, and he pulls it out, and he goes, "All right, let's have a listen to this." Puts it into his tape deck, push play, and um, after thirty seconds of me trying to do a live Yapping. report, he pulled the tape out and threw that in the trash can. <gasps> yeah. Oh wow! So I went. Oh, uh, kind of mean, and yeah. he was not usually a mean person. <laughs> no, he's a very lovely person. Yeah. We're very good friends with you now. But I said, "I'm buggered here." And he said, come with me. He walked me down, sat me on a couch outside the studio. And then he said, go in that studio and put on the headphones. So I walk in to this place in the studio and I sit down and I've got this beautiful woman to my left and I have a younger guy here and an older guy over there. And no one would really talk to me because I thought that's how you relate we to people. We were all frightened to talk yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And no one would talk to me. So someone said, put the headphones on. I put the headphones on. And then I see the on-air light go on, and I'm like, oh, they couldn't possibly be putting me on the air. I haven't even talked to these people. Did you swear? I can't no, remember. No, no. I, no. I did. So <laughs> I, I'm looking around, and then I hear the Olympic music in the headphones, and I hear the older guy go, we've been scaling the universe for our Sydney Olympics correspondent. We've been conducting interviews. <laughs> Today we're going to put an interview live on the air as we find out if this person could be our correspondent. And I'm like, that's my idea. I was legitimately really pissed off. Right. I'm like, you can't just do that to my idea. You've just owned it. Yeah. But that's right. 
radio, and the old guy Thank was you. Scott, um, and Todd was the younger guy, uh-huh. Todd Pettengill, and to my left was, I was the be- beautiful, beautiful woman. Patty Steele to my left. <laughs> and then that's when, that was my first moment with you guys. And the famous line from Scott and Todd was, do you have any experience in TV? I went, no. Any experience in radio? No. Any experience in broadcasting whatsoever? No. And they both uh, did something they did so brilliantly together in unison perfect you're perfect. you're hired and that was um and that was the beginning the last thing we want is experience that's right and that was uh and i'd never been on radio before i'd only talked at 21st speeches with a microphone um, um so this is 2000 now yep. here we are fast forward to almost 2020 yep what has happened in those years tell us a little <laughs> bit about what you've covered in the ensuing mm. years I knew they liked me, and I enjoyed being this guy, Brad Blanks, this sort of character that we'd all sort of created. I pitched ideas through 2001, and they eventually brought me over October 01, which was a crazy time to get to New York a month after. Right, post 9-11. 9-11, yeah. Yeah. um, Eventually got the job with you guys, and that's when it sort of started. Now, in that first few months was a trial, I guess. I wanted to interview people. I loved interviewing, and by the stage, I'd only interviewed man-on-the-street stuff, and I thought, wouldn't it be nice to interview some famous people to see... If I can use my man on the street skills, just, you know, Because, by the way, <laughs> if there is one thing that is, well, you have a lot of strong points, but one of the things that makes you ultimately so amazing for us and for other people, you have this insane ability to walk up to pretty much anybody and they want to talk to you. Yeah, that's thank you. They want yes. to give you things. Yeah. Like you'll go you went to the Olympics for us without any tickets no, to get yes. into any of the venues. Yes, that's right. Never have and credentials. You got, and you got you yes. not only got in, you would be like in the winner's yes. circle. Yes. It's yeah. like yeah, it was bizarre. Row, it was bizarre. Yes. So it's, I had a good knack at people being but that's yeah. just being nice to people and being open. And and I would like to believe that the reason you have it and I don't is cuz you're yeah. almost 2 feet taller than right. me. <laughs> but it's also you just you're not afraid. You, no, I, yeah, I think and I don't know, having a nice chat and not looking for an angle or whatever. Look, the only angle I've probably ever looked in in terms of my interviews mm-hmm. is the people I'm talking to to have a good time to feel good and and to be and I still need funny I still right. need an entertaining I'm, I'm looking for an angle it's the angle for you to be entertaining yeah. right you're not so, trying to trap them no, into saying no, something no. they don't you want know, to say I totally agree yeah, with you yeah it's like how to get them to be funny and right that's, and that's when I turn it from man on the street into celebrities and then so then moving to 2002 I went I'm going to try this twice a week and I would always be the last man on a red carpet and I'm like I'm fine with my position Whatever. Um, well, because you're you're again. I go back to this, but you're massive. You're a really tall, tall guy, yes. and so yeah. the red carpet. You know, there are people like me who's five feet tall, mm. and I reach over with my little tiny arm. <laughs> yeah. You have this arm yeah. that's taller than me, yeah. well, and you can I, get in there. I always with people. like standing at the end of the red carpet. I didn't mind the spot because I think a celebrity could see me at the end and go, "All right, once I'm done with that big guy, mm-hmm. you know." Um, that's it. I'm in the theatre because most celebrities hate red carpets and talking on them. Right. The majority of them. And, but you um, have this big, warm yeah, personality. And, and I get yeah. them, and we'd end up having these two minute chats. I remember like, like people ask me, "Who's the worst person you've ever interviewed?" And I'm like, "Well, everyone's nice." And Billy Crystal, was, I always say, is the toughest interview I ever did. But but yeah, he but, can be rough. He was rough, but 
he wouldn't leave me. Yeah, um, but he stayed, and I love Billy Crystal. And um, he ended up saying we still probably chatted for two and a half minutes. So even your worst interviews could still be good. And uh, and, right. and I still to this day don't class myself as an entertainment reporter, even though I get put into that because I'm still trying to get a laugh. I'm still trying to have a pub chat. You and, relate to them as a human um, being, and the the film or the TV show becomes incidental. That's right. And and the, don't get me wrong. There's times where you have to play a bit of the game. The uh, I had to throw in elements of stunt becoming a stunt boy you were a stunt boy yeah and and i hated that because i hated the stunt boy element of you know morning you radio know, and it's funny oh, because i, I worked yeah. right alongside you and you were so joyous in oh, what you did yeah. it was amazing to me that you kept the joy uh, no, even though it. inside you were seething oh, anyway so that, i i had a good run and, and that got me well essentially 10 years with you patty so here's the thing. Now we go back and you are saying how your main goal is to have funny, charming moments with yes, people. Moments, yep. Now in in very recent past, you have interviewed people like Tulsi Gabbard, who's running as a Democrat yes. for uh, president. And um, what did, did you go in and say to her, okay, I need to understand your, uh, you know, your health care plan? No, I'm at a, an event. It was a veterans event. She turns up. And, and, and you'll laugh at me, Patty, because I'm, I'm, I get at this red carpet. Right. But I'm still at the end. I don't have a... I, I film all my interviews now. I don't have a cameraman. It's on a tripod. I, I said... Uh, I try to be a bit cheeky. I said, geez, you've had a pretty tough month with the whole Hillary Clinton and all that. Yeah, because Hillary yeah. Clinton thinks she was placed in the Democratic yeah. primary by the Russians. That's right. So that, she's trying to defend that. Yeah, and I, and she's going, oh, yeah. And, and that's when I thought I could have got some banter. She goes straight into presidential mode. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, no. How do, I, how do you deal how with do that? How do I deal with that? So I'm like, ah, oh. some of the stuff she's saying is very uplifting and, and good. But Politics, how do, how right. I cut that? It was all political. And I go, and the final words I said to her, I go to her, this is the most professional interview I've ever done. And she, she gave me a big smile and she goes, what kind of show are you on? Like that. <laughs> it was very sexy. And I actually got a little bit turned on. She's a very beautiful woman. Yes, she is. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and um, she burst into laughter when she said it to me and I laughed and then she moved on and um, and I went oh I think I got my moment I got something that was a pleasurable moment fun moment right right at, just at a cute end. little moment yeah so then let's move on because I know that you also did yes you were in LA we're talking now about the upcoming, what was at the time, the upcoming debut of the morning show right. for Apple Plus uh, streaming service. Yep. Jennifer Aniston is was one of the, the producer, like, yeah, executive she's a producer, executive producer yep. and Reese star, yep. Reese Witherspoon. Executive producer. Yep. And, oh, as well. Yeah. Okay. And then Steve Carell. Yes, that's right. Um, so you <laughs> walk in and they have like a whole little, you know, Today in Melbourne set, set up for you or yes, whatever. Right, it's yep. in LA. Yep. And you have to sit down with these people at a time when um, Morning Show, which again is loosely based on the whole Matt Lauer Today Show yes. debacle yep. at the end of his career there. And this show has been in the planning for a long time, yep. but now <laughs> it's change. about to debut yeah. when all these morning shows, thanks to Ronan Farrow mm. and and are blowing up in yes. the press and everybody's terrified yep. about saying the wrong thing, being labeled either, you know, a misogynist yes. or a sexist <laughs> or whatever. And you have to question them about it in an entertaining way that doesn't 
yeah. get you in any trouble. That's right. What do you do? Well, that's, yeah, what a day that was. So, yeah, Apple TV Plus, their big launch. I mean, this is the biggest it could be. It's their show, and, uh, their show to launch this to thing. launch the whole, the, this whole platform. But in the morning of that day, the junket, they, which is it's known as, mm-hmm. I interviewed Brian Stelter, uh, the CNN uh, host on mm-hmm. the Sunday morning. He has a Sunday mid-morning show. And uh, Michael Allenberg, he's ex-executive at HBO, now got a production company where he feeds shows to, to Apple. And they're together. Now, this morning show was... Uh, based on Brian Stelter's book initially. Right. Um, well, it's still technically based. It's in the credits. Based on uh, Top of the Morning was his book, which is a great read if anyone wants to read it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have salacious um, sexual misconduct oh, darn. writing in it. <laughs> What's but the it, point? But it has the whole <laughs> Anne Curry debacle with Matt Lauer. Right. So it has some great soap operatic moments and, and they're head-to-head going up against GMA. And it's a really a thriller book if you want to read about media. Anyway, so that's been loosely based on that, but obviously they had to change the script um, when the Matt Lauer news broke mm-hmm. and just go in a different direction because sure. they couldn't have a show that's a soap opera of fun and or maybe a bit of when, revenge or intrigue or infighting or catfighting or whatever you would want to call it. When we're getting all of this like all this. shocking information that's, about... That's yeah. right. So... And you got to remember, the stars were all signed on before the Matt Lauer stuff broke two years ago. So, right. which is, I think, key to understanding the tension in the room. You know that they've made a, you know, a show that's loosely based. Right. They can't. They're actually legally not even allowed to say it's based. It's a right. fictional show. Right. You right. Know, um, but you everybody know, knows. But everyone knows, right? So, so you get yep, in there. I get in there. Well, I get in with Brian Stelter and this guy Michael Ellenberg. And I'm ha- I'm happy and my stuff's all fun and I go oh Michael you must be just re- as the you're the you're the boss of the show this is your show yeah um, Michael Ellenberg and I go you know th- this must be huge for you that you're um you know that w- four days ago every newspaper in the world is all talking about you know the Matt Lauer topic yeah this must be great for you you know like it's free publicity because in a lot of the articles it says oh morning show comes out you know like right, this is it? great right and, and what was his response and he his eyes rolled backwards he so uncomfortable and with then my knifed question. you <laughs> yeah and then I'm like this is I'm, I'm on the inside looking at him going this is really funny and he goes um, 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 and went into a prepared statement and I went oh so this is how it's going to go today yeah but they'd all and it made sense I'm just how naive I am that they'd all would have been heavily vetted by mm-hmm. Apple lawyers to make sure that we have no relationship at all with and the, right and, and that everything they say is going to be measured against this new sort this of very serious Serious right. so, take on what goes on on those shows. So, well, I'll start with Steve Carell was my next interview, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Steve, I um, um, we, how a junket works is the real life journalists that I'm sitting next to, we all line up like like you're about to go parachuting, right? And it very much is like parachuting because once you dive into that room, you you, you got no help. Sink or swim. Sink or swim, and um, yeah, parachuting without a parachute. That's right, you know, um, and you hope someone saves you, and that being the talent you're interviewing. Right. And in terms of Steve. Corral, uh, people were walking out of that room beaten. Like they're going, "Oh, that was tough. Oh my god!" And she, he was paired up with the the create the, the showrunner. So I walk in there, and I'd interviewed Steve Carell all through the O's, all through the office, the forty year old virgin. Yeah. And him and I had a great fun, he was fun, and fun light, guy. Yeah. And I sit down, and he sort of doesn't clock who I can't remember me, and not that he's meant to remember. And I'm not here to ask any. Yeah. 
Matt Lauer stuff or no, any you're sexual, just trying to get trying a laugh. to have fun, and he was so pent up and scared. Um, you know, we I kind of got him open and and fun. So here's the uh, interview with uh, me, Steve Carell, and uh, the showrunner of uh, the Morning Show, Steve Carell. Yo, great to see you, mate. Good um, to see you. Yo, in this, how big of a fall is it for America's dad, Mitch Kessler? Oh, it's a it's a big fall from right. grace, definitely, and and a very well deserved one. You know, it, he's a guy who is uh, a narcissist, and he has the the world on a string, and then everything just crumbles one day. Does he feel misunderstood, like accused, or yeah, we can all go? Oh, uh, initially, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think his this character's initial reaction is to push back and to be angry and to to blame everyone but himself. But over the next several episodes, that changes and there's more nuance to oh, good. how he's responding to all of it yeah as a viewer of yours over the many years 16 years um I, it's like i've been watching your sexual odyssey i mean you started a virgin and you went <laughs> dating in the office as michael scott now you've come through the other end right how, how do you analyze your sexuality on screen i will never analyze my sexuality on screen right. Right. i will completely uh. i will withdraw from that that subject matter entirely. Well, Michael Scott was a good dater. He dated well. Yeah, he, you know. He, he did all right. He did, he did. Well, he got married. He, yeah. found, he found the one. Found the one. He dated enough to find the one. Right, got you. Steve, good luck, mate. Thanks. Great to see you. I'll good see to you, see you, see you on the streets of New York one day. So then, after that, you get two uh, beautiful, adorable women. <laughs> yeah. You get um, Jennifer Aniston, and you get Reese Witherspoon, who are, they're sort of each other's nemesis a little bit on the show, yes. yep. right? Yeah, because yeah, and it Jennifer's so, yep. been there, uh, her character's been there, yep. and sort of runs She's the, the legend of the show. And, and now they bring in this this younger woman. Steve Carell is actually the Matt Lauer. He's been sidelined. So he's right. at home. She's uh, Jennifer Reese has come in because she produced some kind of viral video that that's made right. them notice her. That's right. And it's uh, now the Jen and Reese show. And, and then that's how it in, ensues. And, and it's, it's a show about trying to figure out who also knew about Steve Carell's misconduct in the world. And was it a cover up by mm-hmm. the executives? And, and then the- I know one of the interesting things when you do talk to these women, <laughs> they tighten up a lot. <laughs> and you reference a scene in. In the first episode, that's right, where they have like a really tense scene. What's going on in that scene? Yeah, it's it's when uh, Reese Witherspoon comes from the south. Uh, she gets recruited, not well, not recruit. She's not hired yet, but she goes into this scene to be. To, to discuss her viral video, you know, went huge around the world. And Jennifer's and, already worried yeah, about her. Yeah, she thinks it's a fake video. So in this scene, they go head to head, and it's really. It, I, I loved the scene. I, it was very awkward to see. And did yeah, she challenge her about challenged her the video? Immensely. Yeah, Jennifer Anderson ah. was so tough and mean to to Reese's character, who is a bulldog herself. Sort of, you know, uh, um, as you'll hear in this interview, I bring up the fact that, um, you know, it's like Pacino and De Niro in Heat. Yeah. Um, and. And also, it's got to mention, in this interview, uh, you'll hear that before I go in, everyone's getting beaten as they're walking out of the room yeah, with them as well. They're not, well. Doing they're not giving them fun. It's like, it's tough. Yeah. 
at the end of this audio, you'll hear me uh, mentioning to Jennifer, actually showing her a viral video that her and I were a part of when I stood up on a red carpet uh, eight years ago with Adam Sandler. So there's kind of a sweet moment at the end, but it, 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 it's a battle. But um, have a listen to this interview with uh, Jen and Reese. Jennifer, Reese, how are you going? This Thanks. is great. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, I love the show. Thank you. Um, it's like it's action packed. You know, when you're making a show like this, do you know that stuff's moving quickly as you're sort of painfully making it? Oh yeah, yeah. it was exactly that. Yes. It was moving fast, and it was it was all sorts of things coming at us from all sorts of directions, and <laughs> we lived. You, and you we lived. made a great show. <laughs> yeah, did, now your character Reese is how you start the viral video, and you get sort of thrust upon New York City and morning television. But is that exciting to play this upstart? Gets, mm, that scene was yeah. tough to shoot. Yeah. The one where my viral video is like, guys, it has to be really crazy to go viral. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I better really go there. And you were I sick. Think, I was sick. Oh, there was dust everywhere. But it was yes. so thrilling to to do that. And then going head to head, Jen with Reese, that great scene. I say that scene's like De Niro, Pacino in Heat. Mm. You know, when you both get together and you're doing that that great interview yes. in, in the first. Yeah, That's when you're doing that, do you think you're nailing it? I mean, I hope I'm nailing it. I just think it's a it's just one of those power dynamics that's t- that's at play. You know, by by using the subject of the interview. Yeah, it was awkward. Like, was it yeah. meant to be awkward? Like, I actually yes. shuddered as a grown man. I just sort of. It's like, just a, it yeah, was a yes. nonverbal. <laughs> verbal sort of showdown. What did you think, Reese? Yeah, it was a challenging scene, but I thought we were very um, prepared, Mm -hmm. and it was a long scene, and we just went at it. I think it was really good. I really enjoyed doing it. It was fun. Yeah. It was much, it was a little bit better than that great scene you had on the couch in Central Perk in um, Friends (laughs) when you played (laughs) a sister. You know, can't compare. That was a good scene, too. That was a good scene, too. Now, Jen, I had a viral video, Go Big, of me and you, (laughs) On a red carpet. This is pretty awesome. Get ready, and I will. uh, Here we go. Oh Oh my god! That's awful! (laughs) What did you do? I was 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 down, and you said stand up. Oh my god! That's awful! (laughs) Is it just because you're so tall? So tall, and I stood up, and. um, Stephen yeah. Dying. Yeah. <laughs> that's hysterical. Yeah. Anyway, Sandler says it to me every time. So that's it was a great on my viral. Well, video. that's, so, that's well, a thank shame. Thank you so much. Thank you so um, much. Love you on TikTok. Thank well you. done. Stay with it. Thanks. Yeah, crushing. Got it. All right. See you later. Bye. So um, it kind of works, Patty. Did you hear at the end yeah. me with the um? Yeah. <laughs> no, I found it really fascinating to, and I got uh, the opportunity to also watch you in action because uh, yeah. I saw that those interviews I on watch video. It. I was so nervous watching it. And it, oh. it is because. Because I, knowing you and knowing mm. that you're motivated towards, you know, kind of that sweet, the warmth and the fun. <laughs> and they were just oh, wow. struggling to not give that to you. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. So it's a good battle of humans, isn't it? It is. Like, <laughs> it's a, it was a fascinating thing to watch. And I, and I guess in your uh, growth as an individual doing this kind of thing, you have to have those moments, right? Yeah, uh, plenty of those. And figure yeah. out a way to figure, either yeah. say, I'm going to turn it around or conversely sometimes you just have to accept it you have to accept it. yeah because yeah. it's it look it's jenna I, I love jennifer aniston mm-hmm. and uh before the interview started reese was getting her makeup done and i'm sitting there just chatting with jennifer aniston i was actually telling her how i got the she goes how the heck do you end up on new york radio you're an australian <laughs> so i actually sort of gave her the story she goes she goes that's amazing good for you and um so we're having this really nice chat, chat. not being recorded and then the 
then the cameras go on. We've and got they, to, they turn into well, their professional... Got, I guess, yeah. And I'll, I'm not trying to get angled. They don't know if I'm trying to set them up for something. I don't know. But but I was well, just trying. And at the end, look, I got Aniston. She was taken by the, 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 the video that her and I had made um, eight years ago. And she thought that was funny. And it was nice at the end. But I just had to accept that mm-hmm. no matter what I did, I wasn't going to get them. Yeah. No. You know, it's, it wasn't going to be a barrel of laughs. It's a tough time because not only are they all worried about what they say and how they say it and how they reference this whole new era that we're in, in terms of one little sentence yeah. can really screw you up because people begin to question whether or not you even have a right to say what yeah. you began. Oh, yeah. I know you're you're pretty good yeah. friends with Ricky Gervais and I know, and it's an interesting thing because of course he's the guy that created The Office. He's, he's brilliant. He's an yeah. incredible comedian. But he's also very independent and yes. he has a way of delivering um, all kinds of lines that people now say, yeah. oh, you can't say that. You shouldn't be say-. We're in this like really yeah. buttoned up era right now and he doesn't no. put up with it. He's like, fuck you, I'm yeah. going to say exactly what, what I, I think. Want. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's really I an mean, interesting... His Golden Globes will be phenomenal. Just, yeah. no, just uh, regardless of... Even if he has to toe the line... I don't know, we'll, we'll see, but... It will just be interesting to watch how he navigates. Well, I the love new the world. fact yeah. this is like the fifth time he's hosted the Golden yep. Globes, and each time, if you look back, he says, "Well, this is going to be great because it's going to be the last time I host it." Yeah, he keeps and that. he kind of conducts himself like it is going to be the last yeah. time because he doesn't worry about what he says. And there's always these moments where the audience goes, "Oh my oh, no. goodness," you oh, know, no. and then he just goes on and he says, "You know, hey, I am who I am. Don't take everything so seriously." Yep. But we do. At yeah. this point. Yeah. And, you know, you look at even like a what's gone on with people like Matt Lauer and all these other guys that just sort of took for granted they could do whatever the hell they wanted to do yeah. because look who I am. And those times have changed. Change. Yeah, for They've sure. Yep. So it um, and how far that can spill over. It's one thing to do things to people you have no business doing. Right. It's another thing to just joke around and have fun. And still have people... But there will be furor. There will be outrage, won't there? Yeah, that there's always... Gonna get, yeah. It's a brilliant move for him to agree to do it. Like, it's right it's in the middle. It's a brave move for yeah, them brave, to bring him in. Brave move for them. They know they'll get rating, or there'll be a lot of chatter. Right. And then it's a wonderful move that he's agreed to do it, because it's right in the middle of a sweet spot in right. pop culture. Well, yeah. and there have been a lot of awards shows oh, recently that are, they yeah. suck, yeah. and they have gone hostless. That's right. And yeah. that hasn't really worked. No. I know. I don't want to host. Yeah. The people, we all want to host. Yeah. You yeah. want somebody to, Navigate you know, it and crack a few jokes. Tell me and, what's happening. Well, the hosts have got so scared now with the outrage, the right. Twitter. And it started before this whole Me Too movement happened. Hosts were getting killed online sure. for their performance, right. let alone... I mean, that happened 12 years ago. Like poor John oh, sure. Stewart, yeah. who's one of the greatest comedians yeah. of our time, goes up and he gets bagged. And then Chris Rock, who's one of the greatest stand-ups ever, gets destroyed. And you're like, well, why would you pick a job where you're... Review, yeah, and that's when the host started saying, it's not worth me doing it. Why would I yeah. do this? Is this helping me or is this... We live in a time when we are hypercritical of everything yeah, everybody yeah. else does. And so it it becomes doubly as difficult because it's always been difficult to be do stand-up yeah. or do a hosting job like that, especially live. Mm. And, um, and now when everybody's trying to find something that you've said incorrectly... Yeah. 
It's yeah. got to be really tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope we haven't said anything incorrectly here today, Patty. No, you've You're been <laughs> fascinating. It's great. Well, it's no, great. thanks for having me on. It's been yep. a good journey you and I have had together. Did you finish your? Yes. Oh, you did finish I your drink. It. I did the. Oh, boy. I did the Rupert Grint uh, slash Ron Weasley tequila slammer. Were um, you a tequila virgin before yeah, this? Yeah, yeah pretty had... much. Yeah, yes, okay. I am now going to become a tequila whore. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to douse myself in tequila and soda. Look and, at what and, I've done. Yeah, and, yeah you, you've, you've created another soul. <laughs> to go off into the world after your wonderful podcast. So um, thank you very much for so having much me. Love, so yeah, much love, so much love. Thank you, Patty. Uh-huh. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.